0: What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my rest of season rankings at the wide receiver position. So last week, I went through my top 36 running backs rest of season. This week, we're gonna be locked in on the wide receivers. So basically, if I was doing a fantasy draft today, this is like the general order of where I'd be drafting these wide receivers. Obviously there's gonna be some differences based on you know what state your team is in right now. So if you're a team that's you know six and oh, five and one, four and two, it looks like you have a great shot at making the playoffs. You may be going after players who you know are currently injured or maybe high risk, high reward options. If you're a struggling team, you need to go after win now assets. So those are definitely gonna you know, adjust your personal rankings a little bit, but these are just gonna be general rest of season rankings. If you guys enjoy the content, hit that like button. If you guys have any questions, it doesn't have to be related to rest of season rankings. You can drop those down below and I'll get back to every single person. But let's just jump right into the rankings. And I am gonna have these guys separated by tiers just to make it a little easier to kind of differentiate between the numbers. So starting off with my tier one options, I have Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, and Tyree Hill. I feel like not a ton of controversy here. I do just kind of want to lock in on Tyree Hill, because I actually think he may be undervalued here at this wide receiver four spot. Like if you made an argument for him at three or two, I wouldn't push back super hard. Through uh, six games, he's averaging 22.3 points per game. He is currently the wide receiver three in points per game, and that is only on two touchdowns. So Cup. Jefferson, Diggs. These are all guys who have been pretty solid in a touchdown department. Tyreek Hill has just gotten a little bit unfortunate there, and he is still giving you over 22 points per game. He has seen 12 plus targets in four out of six games, and then he has seen 160 plus yards in 50% of his performances. That is just insane. I don't think I said it at the top, but this is recorded prior to the Thursday night game, so you know it won't have any input on these rankings. So you know if certain players go off, it's not going to have an impact in these ranks. But now moving over to tier two, I only have two guys in here, Devontae Adams and Jamar Chase. I just think these two are a little bit below the tier one guys, but I think, you know, they're more valuable than the guys who are going to fall in tier three. For Devontae Adams, I just think he's a locked in, you know, mid to high end wide receiver one. Same thing with Jamar Chase. Both these dudes are studs moving forward. Now in tier three, I have CeeDee Lamb, Amon Rossing Brown, AJ Brown, and Debo Samuel. I'm very, very high on CeeDee Lamb rest of season. And this is coming from someone who is actually pretty skeptical of CeeDee Lamb coming into the season. Like I wasn't overly high on him. I kind of faded him the past two seasons. From what I've seen out of Lamb without Dak Prescott, the target share he's commanding, when Dak is back, which is likely gonna be this week here in week seven, I think CeeDee Lamb is gonna have a massive finish to the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a top five, top three wide receiver rest of season. I totally think that's in the range of outcomes here for C.D. Lamb. The touchdown upside, the overall passing volume should go up with Dak back. I'm very high on Lamb rest of season. Eight, Amon Ra. When the dude has been healthy, he's just been putting up absolutely monstrous numbers. Just look at the back chunk of last season, the start of this season, prior to that game where he was banged up and played like 50% of the snaps. Amon Ra has just been an elite option. I think he continues that rest of season. AJ Brown here at number nine, just think he's a really solid, you know, mid to back end wide receiver one, the Eagles overall passing volume is kind of fallen off a little bit. It's almost like they're too good of an offense or too good of a team in general, where they don't have to get into these like big shootouts, because they're typically leading throughout the game. But I still think he's someone who can be relied upon and is Jalen Hurts, obviously top target 10 Debo Samuel, underperforming so far this season, but a lot of that just comes down to the touchdowns. He's still getting overall solid volume. So I think he'll definitely, you know, raise his price rest of season. Now, tier four, I had a really tough time differentiating between the guys in this tier. You know, like if you told me number 11 should be a number 15, I wouldn't really push back too hard. But the players I have in tier four, I've got Mike Evans at 11, then T Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Chris Godwin, and then Michael Pittman. So basically we have the two bucks wide receivers We've got the wide receiver twos for the Dolphins and the Bengals. And then we have Michael Pittman thrown in here. Like I said, this was a super tough group to kind of differentiate. I just think when we're looking at ceiling, once this Bucks offense clicks, I think Mike Evans is gonna be the most valuable player in that offense and can be the most valuable player in that tier. And then I've got Higgins and Waddle back to back even though they're the number twos on their current offenses, I still think they're going to be top 12 guys rest of season. Even though I have Waddle here at number 13, I'd still be making the bet that he is a top 12 guy. And they can give you high ceilings, even operating as the number two weapon. Same thing for Chris Godwin. If this Buccaneers offense does click, I think him and Evans can both be top 12 guys. And then Michael Pittman here at 15 honestly feels low I have a ton of trust in him moving forward, and with bye weeks you know, going on rest of season, he'll probably be a guy who's locked in top 12 basically every single week. Now moving into tier number five, got I think five players here in tier five. Starting it off with Amari Cooper at 16, Keenan Allen at 17, DK Metcalf at 18, Mike Williams at 19, and then Cortland Sutton at 20. So starting off with Amari Cooper, I'm very high on him rest of season. I mean, just right now in terms of, you know, the first six weeks, he's the wide receiver 18 in points per game. I think he's definitely overachieved expectations, you know, without Deshaun Watson in the lineup through six weeks, he has a 27.9% target share, a 32.4% target rate and he is the number four in wide receiver dominator rating. So it's basically like your overall share of receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns at the wide receiver position. So he's just dominating the wide receiver share in this Browns offense. And he's gonna be a solid wide receiver too, you know, up until um, Deshaun Watson does return. And then when Watson gets back after his 11-game suspension, I truly do believe Amari Cooper is going to be a league winner. Like I think last six games of the season with Deshaun Watson Amari Cooper could be putting up like 21, 22 points per game and just be cruising people to fantasy championships. I think he does have that kind of ceiling because he's doing this with Jacoby Brissett. If we just look back at the last few years with Sean Watson and his wide receiver ones, whether it was uh, DeAndre Hopkins or whether it was Will Fuller, he is feeding these number one targets. I think Amari Cooper has uh, proven he is plenty talented, still has a ton of juice left in the tank, and I think he's going to be a stud rest of season. 17, Keenan Allen. This one's a tough spot because he is someone who's barely played this season, been dealing with that hamstring injury ever since week one. And right now, if I had to guess, I'd say he's probably going to miss another game. It does seem like he's progressing, but they have, you know, here in week eight or week seven, they have a game and then week eight, they have a bye. It just seems like the safer play to just kind of give him these two weeks, have them back at 100%, you know, to uh, avoid the risk of re-injury. I think a healthy Keenan Allen has a strong case to be a top 12 wide receiver. I'm pretty sure he was like my wide receiver 10, wide receiver 11, somewhere in there coming into the season. He's just been an incredibly safe option. Last five seasons, he's averaged between 16.1 and 17.8 PPR points per game. Crazy efficiency. And that's without having to rely on big touchdown numbers. He's never been a big touchdown guy, but I do think that is in the range of outcomes. Just, you know, in this Chargers offense. I think there is just the red flag of him you know being an older wide receiver dealing with his hamstring injury it's possible he re-injures it or maybe he's just kind of you know starting to break down a little bit in the overall you know health department so something to monitor he's a guy where i think if you're a winning team you have a ton of depth he's someone i'd be willing to take a swing on because if you miss you know he may not be super reliable rest of season maybe he's banged up but if you hit on him and he's being valued as a mid-tier wide receiver too and you hit on that trade then he's giving you, you know, top twelve, top ten production, and you probably didn't have to pay that up to get him. 18. DK Metcalf, like the wide receiver one in this much improved Seahawks offense. Then at 19, I have Keenan Allen's teammate Mike Williams. I'd say he's been slightly disappointing to start off the season through six weeks. You know, he's been his clear, you know, boomer bust uh, weekly play. He's gonna have a super high ceiling and a super low floor. I think he's still gonna be giving you solid wide receiver two production, even with Keenan Allen back. Maybe it levels out his consistency a little bit. I still think that's kind of just like the nature of his play style. He's going to be giving you, you know, 25 point games. And then the next week he can turn around and give you four. It's just what you kind of signed up for with the Mike Williams experience. I have Cortland Sutton coming in here at 20. If you told me like Cortland Sutton would be the clear guy over Jerry Judy, I would have expected me to have uh, Cortland Sutton ranked as like a top 10 wide receiver. Unfortunately for Sutton, this Broncos offense has just been brutal. The passing attack looks very rough and you know we're at the point in the season where i don't think we can be anticipating them you know just getting it together this isn't a situation where i feel super confident they're going to figure it out you know it's been six weeks they still look rough so i think he's a solid wide receiver too but you know the idea of him being a top 12 guy a wide receiver one definitely seems unlikely at this point point. 21 i have chris olave i'm very very high on chris olave we'll see how he plays tonight on thursday night football He's gonna have uh, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry out. I just think everything we've seen out of Chris Olave so far has been wildly impressive. He's produced with Michael Thomas in the lineup. He's produced without Michael Thomas. He's produced with Jameis Winston. He's produced with Andy Dalton. The man just continues to put up production, and I think he's gonna be a solid wide receiver to rest of season. 22, I have Gabe Davis. Some people may think this is a little bit low for Gabe Davis. I am expecting some regression out of him. I just think the lack of volume has to catch up to him at some point. I still think he's going to be a very high ceiling, low floor play, almost like a Mike Williams light, but I just don't know if he can uh, maintain the amount of elite games he's had. Like he's already had what, like three boom games, two uh, dud games. I think we're going to see a uh, higher, you know, dud to boom game ratio moving forward, but I still think he's someone who's going to be a solid start in your lineup. And you really have to be starting him because you can't miss out on those huge boom weeks. 23, I have DeAndre Hopkins. He's a tough guy to evaluate here just because there's the uncertainty with the Marquise Brown return, because you could be getting the wide receiver one for the Cardinals for five, six weeks. But then if Marquise Brown is coming back in, you know, five, six weeks, I think Marquise Brown is the wide receiver one here if they are both healthy. So then it really kind of muddies the water here. Can Kyler support two of these top guys along with, you know, Rondell Moore being involved, Zach Ertz. So a lot of question marks. I think a fringe top 24 ranking is probably fair for DeAndre Hopkins. But like I talked about in the, uh, I think it was the weekly rankings, he is someone I'm trying to sell if I can. Obviously, that's probably gonna depend on his uh, game tonight. You know, maybe uh, tonight he just puts up 100 yards, two touchdowns, and I look like an idiot for having him here at 23. But I guess we'll uh, have to deal with that if it happens. And then to finish up tier six, I have Tyler Lockett at 24. Solid production for the Seahawks. I think he's gonna be a nice play moving forward. Now here in tier seven, I feel like there's probably a drop-off here after the top 24. Actually, probably a pretty clear split from like the top 24 guys, the wide receiver twos, now into the wide receiver threes. So I went with Deontay Johnson here at 25. Still on the Deontay Johnson train. He's been wildly underperforming so far, but the volume has been there. He's still commanding a ton of targets. It's just gonna have to shift in his favor at some point. Plus, we're hearing reports about potentially Claypool getting traded. I think, you know, if Claypool gets moved, it just bumps up the overall usage for Deontay Johnson, which obviously is going to be good for him moving forward. 26, I have Rashad Bateman in that same tier seven. And I want to talk about Rashad Bateman's season because I feel like people have kind of forgotten about him due to his injury. seems like it's possible he plays this week, maybe not super likely. Hopefully he does get to suit up. But Rashad Bateman has played in three full games. Week one, five targets, two receptions, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Week two, seven targets, four receptions, 108 yards and a touchdown. And then week three, four targets, two receptions, 59 yards. So he has not been a high volume option, but he has been a really strong big play weapon. I mean, we're looking at two different games with two receptions and 59 yards. That is his lowest receiving day in three games. The fantasy points of those three weeks was 13.9, 20.8, and then a 5.9 at a 13.5 point per game average. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the players I have ranked behind him outperform Rashad Bateman rest of season, but I think he has a decently strong ceiling. The Ravens clearly need pass catchers. I think they're desperate to get him back. And I'm just a believer in the talent of Rashad Bateman. I think if he has the opportunity, he is going to capitalize. So I think high and wide receiver three is fair for Rashad Bateman, but maybe if you're like a win now team, he's still banged up. Maybe you uh, evaluate him a little bit lower than that. Continuing with tier seven, I have Jacoby Myers here at wide receiver 27, and he is averaging 15.7 points per game in his four uh, weeks this season, and he only has one touchdown. So it's not like he's being carried by touchdowns. He's averaging a very, very solid 15.7 without that touchdown upside. He is a very, very high weekly floor, especially in PPR formats. He's giving you double digit points every single week, and these are his receiving yardage totals in four games. 55, 60, 95, and 111. I think he's going to be a very safe wide receiver three play rest of the season. And I think he's probably someone you can just buy low on because I feel like people don't respect Jacoby Myers. They don't respect the name. He doesn't have like crazy name value. I think he's a guy where if you're looking for depth, a a solid weekly start, he's someone I think you probably can get for cheaper than you probably should. Now, I'm not saying I'd go out and trade a guy like Christian Kirk or Devonta Smith, who I have ranked right behind him. Because I think, you know, they're so close, they're in the same tier. I think you could send offers out of a Curtis Samuel, a Terry McLaurin, a Brandon Cooks, players that I'm gonna talk about a little bit later. But to finish up this tier seven, Christian Kirk, I think he's gonna be somewhere between his first three weeks and his last three weeks. I just think in general, this Jaguars offense isn't trending in a great direction. So I don't know how that's gonna affect Christian Kirk rest of season. 29, Devonta Smith. I think he's a very strong weekly play. I do just think his ceiling is capped in this offense behind AJ Brown. But I think wherever you drafted Devonta Smith, he's definitely paying off you know, at his current production. Now, moving into tier eight, I have three players here. We've got Michael Thomas, Drake London, Curtis Samuel, all three in pretty different situations. For Michael Thomas, I mean, we just have an injury risk here. He's been out for maybe three, four weeks with that toe injury. I think he's only played in three games so far. So that would be four weeks after this Thursday night game, which I'm pretty sure he has been ruled out of. So it's a weird spot because when he's healthy, I think he's a top 24, top 20 guy. But we just don't know when he is going to get healthy. It doesn't seem like he's been close to playing in any of these weeks. So maybe he's more of a uh, you know winning team target where if you can you know afford to sit him on your bench for a few weeks, that's something you could look at. Then we have Drake London here at 31, who is wildly talented, just as in a situation that's not maximizing his usage or his potential. And then at 32, we have Curtis Samuel quarterback shakeup. He's got some interesting usage where they get him involved, you know, in the run game, they get him involved in the passing game, a solid, well-rounded usage for Curtis Samuel. And then starting tier nine, I have his teammate, Tara McLaurin, just right after him. I've been on record, you know, pretty much since maybe week two, week three, that I do prefer Curtis Samuel rest of season, but I do think they are very close. And then we have uh, Brandon Cooks here at wide receiver 34, underperforming, but someone who I still think is a wide receiver three. 35 Alan Lazard, someone who I'm not super high on. This may seem low. I'm expecting the production to dip just because he's been so incredibly efficient in terms of touchdowns. But you know, who knows? Maybe he has some sort of uh historic pace rest of season. And then to wrap it up, the ultimate wide receiver three play, Adam Thielen. Now I thought this back end of the list was kind of hard to uh you know fit players in. I thought I could have gone in a few different directions, you know, with that wide receiver 36 spot. So I just want to give some honorable mentions here honestly a lot of honorable mentions we've got judy juju dj moore i think if dj moore gets traded he could have top 20 top 15 value i think Rondell moore is someone who could uh belong there garrett wilson especially with the potential elijah moore trade i think elijah moore belongs in there with a potential elijah moore trade if he goes to like the packers or some other strong landing spot i mean that would be wheels up for elijah moore he would just shoot up the rankings We're also hearing Chase Claypool potentially to the Packers. They're making a push. I think Claypool could get pushed up in there. So, you know, there is a lot of variety at that bottom spot. So if you, you know, think Thielen shouldn't be on there compared to one of these guys, I'm not super married to that final ranking. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 36 rest of season wide receivers. Let me know what you guys think down below. Who's too high? Who's too low? Let me know your reasoning. We can chop it up down below in the comment section. If you guys did stay all the way through, you're hearing me now, do me a huge favor, hit that like button. It really does help me out a ton. But thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.